Can I ask you to read the um, this too long, didn't read this intro sentence for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretending to be successful is the new status quo. To break free of this damaging illusion, stop paying attention and instead concentrate on offering value to a few. I like Twitter. There, I said it. I like Twitter. And honestly, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. I think that's a common feeling. Social media, I think for a lot of us, is this easy place for our brains to go when we're tired of thinking. And I have this tendency to feel justified in turning to it, especially since going freelance and since moving out of the country. Twitter is where I uh, mingle. I think that may be too generous a word for it. It's a place where I interact with other creatives and other designers. And so sometimes I feel like I'm being productive when I'm on Twitter. And of course, the challenge with this is not only that it isn't true, it's not productive, but that when I share a thought or an idea or something that I'm working on and I don't get a reaction, likes or retweets or growth in my followers, I have this this little twinge, this little pain, this feeling that what I shared, that what I made was not of value. I think we're all smarter than this, though. I mean, I hope so. I, I like to think that, that I know this isn't the case, but it's kind of the way things like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter were designed. They're designed to pull this reaction out of us. About a month ago, I was in the middle of this really hectic week. I was preparing an episode of the podcast. I was working on a handful of design projects and I just landed this big project for a new client. And I just didn't have time to worry about social media or social media metrics or even just scrolling through and reading tweets and social media. But somehow these kinds of things, they have a tendency to just simmer and kind of call at us. And it was in the middle of this hectic week that I got an email from a guy named Chris Butler. I had just recently met Chris and he's a fellow designer turned podcaster. His podcast is called Design Tomorrow. It's really, really great. It's unlike any design podcast or really any other podcast, at least any that I've ever listened to. It's worth a listen. Check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Anyway, so Chris emailed me this article by a guy named Eric Cargillotto, and it's called How to Keep Yourself Sane in Faketopia. Now, lucky for me, with my busy day, Eric had included a TLDR at the front end of his article, a too long didn't read. And that's what we heard him read at the very beginning of the episode, right at the top of the show. But I want to read it again just to kind of underscore it. Pretending to be successful is the new status quo. To break free of this damaging illusion, stop paying attention and instead concentrate on offering value to a few. Now, like I said, I was really busy. I didn't have time to read the whole thing, but that sentence really stuck with me. That whole day, concentrate on offering value to a few kept playing over and over in my mind. By the next morning, I had passed a handful of these deadlines. I had turned in the work and I had a little bit of time. So I read the article and immediately I emailed the author and I set up this interview, the one you're about to hear. 
My name is Evan McDonald, and you're listening to One Thing Real Quick. It's a podcast about design and the creative process in search of stories and ideas from people who use creativity in practical ways every day. Each episode is built around a single question. This week, my question is for designer and really compelling blog article writer, Eric Cargiloto. My question is, how do we slow down and focus on what really matters? Here's our conversation. Tell us a little bit about the article, about where it comes from, why you wrote it. Well, I think I share all the, the feeling that you had um, and the feelings that you have around kind of a influencer economy or a like economy or what have you, things I really struggle with. Um, it, I like writing for the sake of writing. I, I enjoy thinking through something and putting it down. And, and um, the truth of the matter is that if that post gets shared a lot, I've, it's a positive uh, response, right? It is, I don't know, I, I guess it's sort of like um, if you went up on a stage and sang a song and there was absolute silence at the end, you'd wonder what went wrong. And the the challenge with this is that what gets reactions online is is not actually a measure of quality or whether it should be done or not, but it's the most visible one. So it's the one we tend to pursue. And I think it's natural to want to have this kind of response from an audience or something validating, but when we're only pursuing that validation, we start reaching towards phony ways of building that up. And and it's not particularly satisfying. It's, it, I guess it's kind of like the junk food of information where we're eating and eating and eating, but it's not nourishing. And we all feel, I don't think we're getting what we want out of this experience. And I think that's en masse. We all find this um, pretty kind of taxing. And, and it's a lot of work to try to keep up with something that most of us don't really want to keep up with anyways. Let me tell you a little bit about Eric Cargiloto. He's a Vancouver, BC-based designer. He's one of the two guys behind Smash Lab. It's a design studio which he co-founded 19 years ago. His clients include Arcteryx, Salt Spring Soapworks, The Nature Conservancy, the Vancouver Aquarium, and a bunch more. Eric has a blog, which you already know about. He's written two books, The Design Method and Speak Human, and together with his business partner, Eric Schelke, he's built a handful of really useful side projects. I'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes. Let's get back to the interview. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've spoken with, how many designers I've spoken with who believe they need to either write influential blog articles or have an amazing Instagram feed or have a ton of followers in order to get work. Their goal is to get work and they're doing all these things to kind of applaud themselves and make themselves seem really interesting. But in actuality, most of our clients don't pay any attention to the design world at all. They don't care. They just need to right. better package what they're doing. So if right. you want to sell things, you know, if you want work to keep, you know, keep yourself practicing your craft, go talk to a prospective client about the problems they're having and explain to them how you might be able to work together to solve that. And I think there are a lot more successful designers out there with zero Instagram followers than there are 
successful designers with enormous followings because they're concentrating on two completely different things. Yeah, it's almost like boosting your social media metrics is it's like fake work. You feel like you're being productive if you do an Instagram post every day and your followers are climbing or your your Twitter is is growing, but in the end is that really leading you to the financial freedoms or to the you know the security in your work? And what you're saying is no. Now, I'm not saying that there can't be exceptions to this. I think some people have been very successful as as a result of through self-promotion of this nature. But for the vast bulk of us, it is not a direct way to achieve our goals. And it results in us feeding a machine that that lives because we continue to kind of push our energy into it. But it's a big part of this is that we can't be honest. Like for us to go online and say, wow, it's been a really tough year. Uh, I haven't been able to sell much work. I'm really struggling with this. Our fear is so great that that's going to scare away prospective clients that if we're having a terrible time, we have a tendency to make it sound like everything is great. So we have a lot of people lying about their experience. And I've, again, I've met so many people who I consider so successful and they're doing everything well. And when we actually sit down one-on-one, the discussion is, yeah, that's, that's kind of the front facing thing. But in reality, we have a month's worth of cash flow left or, um, yeah, I know my startup's supposed to be doing well, but in actuality, I'm suffering from severe depression and I, I don't know what to do next. There's this happy face we put on publicly and then there's the reality and, those two can often be really far apart. Eric shared an example of this with me. It's a story from his first year of design school, which of course is the the greatest training ground for fake it till you make it. So he's in a class with other first year art students and one of the fellow students had just given a talk, uh, like a presentation to the class. And Eric noticed that everyone in the room was sort of nodding in agreement And then one student, a film student, raised her hand and said, I don't know what any of that means. And she asked the student that had just presented to explain it again in simpler and more understandable terms, in plain English. And it gave everyone else in the class the opportunity to also go, yeah, I don't get what the hell you're talking about either. And Once that happens, once one person is willing to say, I don't get it, you realize that most people around the table are nodding to not look stupid. And there's an enormous amount of power in that, in being the one who's willing to say, this does not make sense to me. Can you please clarify? Or to be in that spot where you're you're willing to say to a client, let's say, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's not my area of expertise. I I can think about it. I can work on it. But I don't know how this is going to work out. Um, And and the moment you do that, you you typically, at least in my experience, you typically find that you are not alone in that. That just that most people are too fearful to say that that they don't know. Well, and I think that candid response that being able to say, I don't know, also builds a sense of trust in your client because... They know that when you say you do know, that you do, that you're not Absolutely. just making it up. So I want to ask you a question about those of us that are 
focusing our energy and our effort on on bringing all this attention to ourselves, but which really it doesn't bring us closer to the things that are most important to us. And you, you talk about this a little bit where you talk about creating value for a few. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I, I am certainly not um, innocent of trying to build a reputation that would lead to more work and more opportunity to promote our products and, and that sort of thing. Um but at a certain point, I pulled back from all of that and just didn't do any of it. And what I found that was really interesting was the more I focused on not many clients, but maybe two or three, a lot of problems kind of solved themselves. I didn't have to worry about cash flow because I was getting jobs done. I was, being, I was able to bill. Uh, I didn't have to worry about clients being unhappy because we had a direct dialogue every day. So I was getting to know their problems much better and being able to step in and lend a hand where I could. Um, and now I was, I was kind of busy doing client work for only a few clients and the cash flow was covered and I didn't have to panic about going and getting more, more attention because what would I have done with it? If I had, if I had 10 new clients want to sign up, I couldn't have helped them. There just are only so many hours in a day. And So what was interesting is seeing that in that year that I really didn't touch any of that social media stuff, my work prospects didn't change, but I, you know, they didn't change for the worse. Um, They stabilized. And additionally, I didn't find myself in this scramble to create content, to write blog posts, to write books, all of these things that I felt like I kind of needed to do before. And when you're not jumping all over the place, trying to figure out what the next thing you need to do is... You actually can enter that kind of flow state of, I'm going to work on one thing for the entire day, and I'm just going to get to the end and be able to actually measure what I did. What can we do as designers to, to slow down a bit, to turn this idea around and not be so focused on our status, but really just focus on delivering value to a few people, whether that's our team or our boss or our client or our family, or whoever that group is, how do we how do we do that better? How do we focus more on what's most important rather than focusing on well, on I our perceived you, uh, status? You just said it. You you focus on them. You don't focus on yourself. Honestly, many people get themselves to a spot in life where they have a title or responsibilities that they always dreamt of. And then they realize that it is nothing like what it was supposed to be. And they wish they could go back to how it was at some other point. Don't make it about yourself, make it about the other people. So when you're working with a client, don't think about your portfolio. Don't even have a portfolio on your website. You don't even need a portfolio on your website. Focus entirely on what you can do for that client to move them forward. And if you can do that, if you can help them build their business or reach their audience or any of these things, they won't want to let you go. They will always want you to help them do more of what you've helped them do. It's so obvious, but these obvious things often elude us and we think it should be more complicated than it is, but it doesn't It doesn't need to be. If you want... You want to have a great relationship with your kids? Spend more time with your kids, right? But it is, just going back to that, your, your initial question was, how do, we, how do we get, how do we slow this down? 
And the answer is very simple. We make it not about ourselves. We make it about other people. So with our clients, we focus on how we can best serve them so that we help them achieve their goals. If we do that, they're always going to want to come back to us to get more of that. that that's what they really need is someone who's looking out for them. Um, in our relationships with friends and so on, we can't mass produce um, engagement, right? Like it's that person who hits happy birthday on LinkedIn to everybody they know. I have people who've sent me that same message four years in a row. They don't care at all about me. They think this is a way to build their brand. I think I, I like that you've kind of taken us to this place of simplify your relationships, simplify your work, uh, your work aspirations to to have enough clients that you can pay your bills and not drive yourself bananas. And But really like, that's what we're after. That's like to have some level of satisfaction in our work, in our relationships. And so to look outwards, to focus on the other people instead of focusing on yourself and to do good work for the people around you is really key. There was a guy that I had, I don't know what happened to this person, but I, I think I had followed him when, when I used to use Snapchat a lot. And he had this saying that he said all the time, which is, you are famous to a few people. And I loved that because it's like to the people that you know, to the people that are in your life, you're famous and they see you and they're happy to see you. And you have a relationship with those people and that's, that should be enough. I I think that's the best we get. That's what that is. That is the mountaintop is, can we be incredibly significant to a few people for a period of time because it will not last. It cannot last forever. And to enjoy that now, because I'd hate to reach, you know, my, my twilight years and think that I had missed the people who mattered by pursuing volumes of people who simply do not, not not saying they don't matter as individuals, but on mass, they don't matter. Like, if you leave Twitter tomorrow and you have 100,000 followers, I guarantee in a month they will have found someone else to follow and they will have forgotten about you. You cannot please the masses, but you can have deep, um, moving relationships with those around you. And I think that's what we need to focus on. And really, the tragedy would be that if those, you know, you leave the 100,000 people and they, they'll never notice that you've left. But if there are only 10 people in your life, and you depart and no one notices that you're gone, then you've really messed up. Absolutely. And and isn't that funny how this desire to get what's over there leads us to not pay attention to what what we have right here? When, when we were trying to grow our studio and th- there was always this desperate need to get more work because we were burning a certain amount of cash every month. And so you always need to be thinking about the next job. If I could go back and do that again, I would keep our staff way, way smaller. And I would really focus on the clients who were in to do the very best job we could. Because if you can do that, they will they will continue to buy things from you because there's always more to buy. But what often happens when you're focusing on that next sale is you actually end up inadvertently ignoring the people who've already bought from you. And we do this in our lives all the time where we're so desperate to get another group of people to like us that we don't pay attention to the people who are, I don't know, how many times have you, I don't, I don't know, I, you may say never. Go for it, I go can, for 
I've many times sat at my computer working away to write something to put out there for people I don't know. And my son comes up and goes, hey, do you want to play Lego with me? And I'll go, well, after, after this is done. Yeah. But after it's done, they're asleep. It's already bedtime. And as they're getting older, I'm seeing those moments where they want to play with Lego with me. Most of them are over now and I've missed the vast bulk of them. Um that's a that's a poor alignment of priorities. Yeah. You know, we talk about balance all the time. You know, it's such a frequent conversation, people talking about balance. Um, but the thing that I've taken away from our conversation, if I was to point out the one thing, and, and that's to focus on the other people. Focus on who you're doing the work for. Focus on the people in your life. And when you do that, that's when the, the work happens. That's good. That is valuable to your clients. And that's when you have, you, you grow the value of the relationships that are most important to you. Absolutely. Well, and with that, let's talk about all the stuff we want to plug, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's how we should end this is follow me on Twitter. (laughs) Well, I do, I do. So I want to, and I, I'm not lost on the, the irony of this. Um, I'm going to put some links because I think that, uh, you know, people listening are going to want to read this article. Um, Eric, you've built some awesome stuff and we'll put links to everything in the show notes if people want to learn more about you. Uh, once again, check out this article. It's uh, how to keep yourself sane in Faketopia, and uh, it's a good read. And I think it's it's I'm gonna put a yearly reminder for myself to look back at these ideas because I think they'll help me kind of keep my focus um, on what's most important and and kind of pull me back out of the the black hole of social influencer metrics which i mean they are designed to be addictive they're designed to suck us in and they work at they're good at it and so so i think it's important that we have something opposing that so thank you for for sharing your thoughts with us today oh, thanks for having me on on the show i really appreciate being a part of it and i enjoy the the discussion it's a it's an easy one to get wrapped up in Back at the top of the episode, if you remember, I told you about my hectic week. It was that week with just lots of busyness, projects going on, and I mentioned my new client. And that's when the article was sent to me. And a couple hours after reading Eric's article, I happened to have an appointment. I had a meeting scheduled with this new client. And in this meeting, I presented a deck of brand research with findings and conclusions and recommendations for the path forward for their brand. And my audience was only two people. And you know what? The the presentation went really well. It went great. And their reaction and the response felt really good. And it meant that I'd be working with this client for the foreseeable future, which means more security for me and for my business, my family. And maybe it's because Eric's article was fresh in my mind, but I recognized the feeling. It was kind of like that that social media bump, except 
You know, in this interview, Eric compared that social media experience to junk food. Well, I'd compare this experience, this uh, presentation with my new client, I'd compare that to a satisfying, well-balanced, healthy, fresh organic ingredients, (laughs) expertly prepared, delicious meal. It was me adding value for a few people, for exactly two people. I mentioned something earlier, sort of a tagline back in the interview. We are all famous to a few people. That line of wisdom comes from a guy named Joe Wilson. And uh, there's a guy that I knew. I'm putting air quotes around that because I knew him from various social media interactions. I went to try and reconnect and it seems that he has left Twitter and Snapchat and kind of left all of it. So it sounds like he's kind of taken his advice. In the show notes, I'll link to a Medium article by Joe Wilson titled, We Are All Famous to a Few People Having Cancer on Social Media. And I think this article is actually very vulnerable, very real, and worth a read. It definitely underscores and kind of amplifies this idea of priorities that we've been talking about today. A big thank you to Eric Cargillotto for taking the time to write that article. And then, of course, for coming to talk with me about it. I hope you get a chance to go read that article. You can find a link in the show notes. I'll link to his website, his Twitter, and all that stuff. So you can go follow him since, you know, that's that's what this is really all about. (laughs) Thank you for listening. One Thing Real Quick is an independent podcast created by me, Evan McDonald. Production help from John M. Craig music by me you can listen to one thing real quick everywhere that podcasts play itunes and stitcher and spotify and all the places and while you're at it go check out design tomorrow i mentioned that one at the top of the show and there's a link in the show notes you know we do want you to follow the show we really hope you enjoy it tell us what you think with a tweet or an email or you can call us and leave us a voicemail our twitter is at otrq podcast and that's the same otrq podcast is how you can find us on instagram and on facebook as well our email is podcast at one thing real our website is one thing real and our message line if you want to call and tell us a story or tell us about a story about design and creativity you can call and leave us a message at 405-373-OTRQ. Also check out our sponsor, Libro.fm. They're the best place to get audiobooks. It's the same price and selection as audible.com. It's just as convenient, but they connect you with your favorite local independent bookstore. You get to pick the bookstore and a portion of each purchase goes to support a local business. Use the offer code OTRQ and get three audiobooks for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm. Use the offer code OTRQ, which is that's just the initials of the podcast. One thing real quick. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Eric, one last thing before we let you go. What are you reading? I'm reading a lot of books uh, that I managed to get about a chapter into and then forget about and pick up again a year later (laughs) and try to remember where I was a year ago. Um, 
The most notable book that I've been picking away at over longer than I really care to admit is um, a book called The End of Poverty by Jeffrey Sachs. And it it's he, he writes in a really compelling fashion. And I think you should read it. It's uh, I've already enjoyed it. Not enough to get through the whole thing yet, but that's more about my personality than the book. So yeah, well, I'll check it out. I, I'm looking for something new to read. 